You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. The future comes, and now my watch begins. It shall not end until my death. I shall miss no game, withhold no news, report all rumors. I shall wear no jerseys and plead allegiance to no side. I shall live and die on my webpage. I am the word in the darkness. I am the watcher of the TV. I am the megaphone that informs the realms of geek. I pledge my hands and name to the Geek's Watch, for the Geeks and all the Geeks to come. Welcome back for another shift on the Geek's Watch. This week, we are we're almost done. We're almost done with Game of Thrones as we know it. Uh, I mean, we're going to come back whenever they have the spinoff, I guess. Um... But this week, last week we talked about the 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 last episode. The what was it called, John? The uh, unsatisfying finish. No, that's not what it was called. <laughs> it was called the Iron Throne. Oh, that's right. <laughs> but yes, we uh, John is back this week. He did not join us for the season finale or series finale. So I'm sure he's going to have some opinions that he uh, was not able to. Um, voice last week so he's going to say him this week and then we're going to also talk about the documentary that hbo put out about the making of the last season of game of thrones it's called the last watch some very good stuff in there i kept wanting to say the long watch the whole time i, I watched it but it's it was kind of long it's two hours yes it's it a two-hour documentary um it's and and documentary is kind of a misnomer i feel like it's it's more just like behind the scenes vignette like or feature it like because i just documentaries like have a point this doesn't really have a point it's just kind of showing you stuff which it's is fine like, hey, i enjoyed what i saw work we put in this you <laughs> you assholes <laughs> uh i did like the part where oh i'll get to it when we talk about that so we'll talk about some geek news uh we'll, we'll let john get on his soapbox to talk about the last episode and then we'll talk about the documentary so Geek news for this week. I would have to say the biggest news is that we finally have a new Batman from Matt Reeves, Bat- The Batman. Not only is it going to... Uh, supposedly, it's not just going to be one movie now. It's going to be a trilogy. And we have buku amounts of uh, villains that are going to be coming out for it. Um, so last week, there was the report that Robert Pattinson had been... Was in final talks to uh, play the Batman. And then like right after that, there was a report that came out that said, oh, Hey, 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 it's not just him. It's Nicholas Holt. who's also in final talks for, uh, playing the Batman this week. We got a definite answer of it's official. Robert Pattinson will be Bruce Wayne. And they, some people are saying that it, they did screen tests with Robert Pattinson and Nicholas Holt, but Nicholas Holt was actually screen testing for the Riddler. That's interesting. I think I, can see him pulling off the Riddler. He wears glasses, so he could be a Riddler. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I also think that he, he might make a good Harvey Dent Two Face. Like, think about like like his Beast character, and then his uh, uh, Valhalla Boy or whatever it's called from Fury Road. Oh, the War Boy. War Boy. That's what it's called. Don't you think? I mean, I think that could be two 
that could be a two-face. I mean, he's definitely a bit more versatile, so I yeah. mean, he could do it. Yeah. Just, um, I definitely wouldn't have wanted him to be the Batman. I would want. It, I would was pulling for him over Robert Pattinson. I don't know. Pattinson might not be the one we need, but he's the one we deserve. Do we deserve him? <laughs> Look, I know every every. There's a lot of pushback on him. Uh, people were like, "Oh, that's the Twilight guy," and I I I watched two out of the four Twilight movies. I didn't care for him. There's not for me. I have not watched any of the other movies that he's been in, other than the Harry Potter movie, and he's barely in that movie. So. I'll give him a chance. I just need him to bulk up. I need him to be bigger. Like, the dude looks scrawny. True, but, I mean, if he goes full method like Bale did, I mean, Bale did The Machinist before he did Batman Begins. This is very true. And Pattinson's nowhere near that scrawny. No, no, he did not. He just has to eat some more and put patterns, you know, put put on some It's completely doable. And I'm sure everybody says you should watch Good Time, you should watch High Life, you should watch... uh, Cosmopolis, Cosmopolis, I think is the name of his movie, one of his movies. So all these movies, apparently, The Lighthouse looks like it's supposed to be amazing. Actually, I don't think The Lighthouse looks that great, but <laughs> everybody else is kind of all aboard on it. So he, it sounds like he has like this huge apologist uh, fandom that's like, hey, he's more than just Twilight, and I'm sure he is. It's just it's what he's known for. Yeah. So. so. This could be our generation's, you know, uh, Michael Keaton debacle, where it's like, hey, that guy's only known for doing this kind of movie. Why are you putting him in this type of role? I was like, well, because he's an actor. Let him act and see how he Well, out. yeah, definitely let him act. I mean, I wouldn't say that Michael Keaton was a good example because he's not a good Batman. Yeah, well, fair enough, but I Keaton, thought- Val Kilmer, George Clooney, not good Batman. <laughs> Well, I'll definitely say that Kilmer and Cleaney were not good Batman. Those I'm, were not good Batman movies, period. Well, they're not, but that's also Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers is known to screw up Batman. But, it, you know, Keaton just brought something to it. and I'll like, What did he bring to it? It's, it's literally just the first time Batman has really been on the big screen. And I think that's what gets most people. Yeah, it set a bar. Okay, but it's not a high bar. No, but it was still a bar that had to be met. And the two previous, or the two, uh, you know, concurrent Batman were way below it. So, <laughs> you know, Bale didn't have to do very much to beat that bar, but boy, did he! He sure did. I love the Batman Begins. This is my favorite out of the Nolan trilogy. Um, so, look, I I am not going to sit here and bash on uh, Robert Pattinson as uh Bruce Wayne anymore and I don't say Batman because whoever it is you get to be Batman you know who's actually going to be Batman the stunt double <laughs> yes <that's true>. <laughs> <laughs> so whoever it you know if he's going to play it then great I just need that movie to be made now he just has to do the close-ups with the chin you know just a presentable chin and you'll be good exactly um so yeah, we're we're gonna get. Apparently, there's gonna be a Robin. There's gonna be a Riddler. There's gonna be a Penguin. There's gonna be a Catwoman. There's gonna. I don't know if there's gonna be a Joker or not. We already have two Jokers running around right now. Uh, <laughs> then you, who, who do you, who do you want to be the Alfred? Ooh. If you could pick an actor, well, so assume that Alfred is supposed to be twenty years older than 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 Bruce, at the very least. Hmm, that's a very good question. Who is a good British actor? That also, I mean, because he's going to be a lot younger too. I right. Mean, so in his fifties, like, what thirty? He's in his yeah. He's like mid thirties, so, so mid fifties. A British actor in his fifties that can also 
be like a former what was what was Alfred like an SAS? Everything he'd ever or need to be. OSS. Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. A- he's SAS. Like a Swiss Army. Yeah, butler. he's a, he used to be in the theater, like the Shakespearean Royal Theater. He's a combat medic. He's a SAS. He's a he was a spy. Uh, you know uh, the the Michael Caine version was part of the Peace Corps or some he, shit. You and McGregor. You and McGregor. <laughs> He's so young looking. I mean, you're about right. Yeah, you're just about give, right him, give him some uh, some gray in the temples and just let his natural charm just Alfred it up. <laughs> That's not a bad choice. Uh, the other choice I heard was uh, uh, Steve Coogan. Oh, that'd be funny. Yeah. Like right. be he, he'd little be a little more, bit of sassy. Yeah, and comic relief, Alfred. Could he pull off the, the, the SAS part? He may. Yeah. Just, uh, you know, he was one of those, like, kooky you know british soldiers that came out of it kind of like uh he would be kind of like the murdoch from the a-team yes where he still has that same (laughs) training and skill but just a little off kilter just just saw a little bit too much yeah um okay so there, there you go is there any other casting that you would love to see like josh gad's really trying to get to be the penguin uh someone uh i think i heard someone suggest um What's his name? Uh, fucking Gollum. Oh, um, Andy Circus. Andy Circus is Clayface. Like, I feel like that, that would be interesting. That's, I mean, obviously he can do motion capture. We've known yeah. Andy Circus can do motion capture, but he was great as Claw. So I don't want to just see a CGI version of him anymore. I want to see him in movies. Well, they could do him where you know he does his regular face, uh, oh. and then. Um, if they go with like the animated series version, which mm-hmm. is a combination of the first two clay faces, yeah, uh, you know, they could do a combination of CGI prosthetics uh, and contortions to his features, and then third act, it could be him being more like the grotesque monster version. I'm all for it. I like. What about idea. Catwoman? Um, skew younger, so. You want younger than Robert Pattinson, or do you want round Robert Pattinson's age? Maybe a little bit younger. Really? I want to skew somewhere. That one should be stunt casting. I would say someone like Selena Gomez. Mm, too too young. Too young. Yeah. But she's got the right thing. Do you? She's got that X factor for you? She does. <laughs> she's got that cat factor for me. I don't know who I'd want in that role. Um, I can't think of who's around that age that would be perfect for it right now. Late 20s? Yeah, I feel like I'm already an old man and I'm not keeping up with all the new stars. <laughs> um, okay, so what about Robin? If they actually pull off a Robin? I, I, I feel like the two of us probably don't keep up with the, the teen dramas too much, so we don't know who's around that age. Um, maybe. What, what would you want? What would you want Dick Grayson to be? Do you want him to be 16? Do you want him to be 12? Do you want him to be 21 like uh, Chris O'Donnell was? Um, no, I'd want I guess he wasn't twenty-one. He would have been eighteen I, since he had I'd to be a ward. I wanted to be somebody who's a teen, so somebody like similar to Tom Holland that can do the acrobatic stuff. Okay, but possibly a little leaner because mm-hmm. you know the Robins have never been bulky, and I feel like uh, Tom Holland's a little. Do you really a feel too buff? You feel like he's too, he's buff a little bit. Like he's very he's very broad. Okay, for for still being a small guy, he's mm. he's he's square. Interesting. So I'd want somebody who's like really svelte. Okay, I'm I'm pre- I'm I'm almost positive that's gonna go to a, someone that I haven't heard of before. I'm sure. Yeah. So <laughs> maybe like Finn Wolfhard or something. Ooh, jeez. <laughs> it's gonna go to no. It's gonna be the one, go to the one that plays Mike. Ah. I don't know who that is. I don't yeah. know his name. Anyways, can't remember. 
Okay, so that's uh, the Batman. Matt Reeves, the Batman. It's not coming out to like 2021 or something like that. So there's a, yeah, June 25th, 2021. That's exactly, almost exactly two years from now. We'll see what happens. Also talking about DC Warner Brothers. uh, We knew that Ava DuVernay was already going to be directing a new Gods movie. Well, guess what? They're pulling a very popular comic book writer from DC to write the script. We have Tom King, former CIA officer, to uh, write the script for the New Gods. And he wrote a very critically acclaimed and fan-loved uh, miniseries called Mr. Miracle, not too long, or you know, within the last couple of years. So maybe it's going to be focused on Mr. Miracle and Big Barda. Ooh, that got my attention. Yeah, I know you like Big Barda. I do. <laughs> do you do you do you think they get an actual like large lady like Gwendolyn Christie to play Big Barda, or do we do is it, they pull it off with CGI? I'm sure it's going to be one of those forced perspective. Forced perspective, yeah. You know, there's to get somebody that you would need to pull off the acting and have the physical attributes of like just all of that combined. Mm-hmm. It's probably going to be easier to just do you know, like trickery of the lens to make him look taller. I mean, if they can make Tom Cruise look like he's average height to his co-stars. <laughs> or John, Robert Downey Jr. Or Robert Downey Jr., yeah. Or Kit Harrington. Or Kit Harrington. <laughs> it looks like I always think. I always think about, whenever I think of forced perspective in movies now, I always think of Elf. Like, I remember listening to mm. the um, commentary on that and John Favreau talking about how he did just about everything practical with uh, making, you know, especially with the... Uh, Will Ferrell in the Elf Village and stuff like that. Yeah, and all of that looks so much better than CGI anyway. It's well, CGI like, can we, be dated. Well, like we're yeah, that's true. But like we were talking about, you only notice CGI when it's bad CGI. This is true. As so, well. uh, so I'm excited about that. Tom King, he his run on Batman is one of my favorite runs. Like it's made me feel so much emotions when I when I read it. So I am excited to see what he does with the new gods, which I usually don't care for. So. Uh, and yeah, I'm all about the cosmic stuff. I like that. Uh, you know, and I'm, I'm not excited. usually about the cosmic stuff in the comic books. I don't know why. So I don't know how I feel about New Gods movie. Also sticking to the DC uh, Warner Brothers movies, Joel Kinnaman is going to be coming back for the Suicide Squad officially now. He's going to come back as Rick Flagg. And you know what? I know a lot of people didn't like him, but I did. I thought he was great as Rick Flagg. I really liked him too. Yeah, I thought he was really one of cool. the best parts of the movie to, for me. Like Will Smith's character, Will Smith is great all the time but i really felt like he didn't he didn't really want to be there for the movie like i don't know that might have been just the way that it's edited because we know that that thing is edited terribly oh yeah it just it came off he came off bad uh margot robbie is doing her damnedest to be her version of harley quinn and that's a thing (laughs) um the rest of the characters are just terrible like they're really bad so that movie is really bad i like joel kinnaman as rick flag the character's bland. There's, I don't, even in comic books, Rick Flagg doesn't have much of anything. He's he's nondescript white guy that is military. Like that's it. So, I was I enjoyed what they did, what they what they, what he did with it. I'm excited yeah. to see what they do with this. And that's all him, just bringing his own personality to it. Yes, yeah. he's a blank slate, and <laughs> the Kinnaman came out. That's right, exactly. Uh, so. Let's we'll see. It was on his Instagram. He said, "At the range with my great friend and teacher Kevin Lance or Ke- Kevin Vance and Lily, the Italian stallion, easing into the squad prep. Thanks 
Terran Tactical for letting us use the range. And he's got a whole bunch of bullets next to him. Nice. Now, here's a, the next story we're going to talk about is something that I know that you hold dear to your heart. That I do. The Ghostbusters, the video game, is going to get remastered. They had a trailer reveal for it for PS4. Um, a lot of people will consider the video game the unofficial third Ghostbusters movie. Yeah. So this is supposed to be just the same story, but remastered, just like how they did the Resident Evil and Resident Evil 2, right? Um, no, because the Resident Evil 2 was a complete remake of the first, of the original. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what I meant. I mean, it, it's it's keeping the same characters and the storyline, just it's they're redoing the whole thing from the ground no, up, right? No, from, from what it looks like, it's just a remastered graphics. Oh, really? So it's just upscaling, uh, sharper detail, better oh. rendering from the sound of it. Because, um, yeah, this came out for like the 360 and the PS3 era. Was it? I thought it was longer. I thought it was further back than that. Um, no, it was like 2008 time frame 2009 okay um i remember when they first started teasing it back in like 2005 too it's like somebody on i think when youtube first became a platform it was one of the first videos i remember seeing on there i was like oh leaked footage so shows a test of a potential ghostbuster game uh, using the unreal engine and then they tried to block it and censor it and say like oh no that was just some devs playing around (laughs) with what you can do in the system in this this type of engine um, that was around the time that Gears of War had come out. And then later it was like, oh, yeah, we actually were working on the game. It's just trying to keep a secret because you know, <laughs> don't spoil anything. Not the internet. No, no, no. But, yes, I really love this game because the story and uh, full disclosure, I've never actually played it. But you do love it. I What I've <laughs> done with it is I've watched the entire game from beginning to end being played by someone else on, on youtube on youtube i've done the same thing with like yes. the uncharted stuff yes because i can't afford to play games anymore but i still love it when they have a good story or just fun hey, things in them i mean that's what the some of the video games have the best stories now and you i just want to watch the cinematics and watch how the story you know unfolds yeah i'm just living vicariously i just pretend like i'm a, a little kid again and watching my older brother play for me which i don't have an older brother so, so that's kind of weird that's even weird yeah <laughs> like, who was that guy playing my games that's, that's like it's like uh, i mean that twitch community seems like it'd be just right for you yeah <laughs> except when you don't like the person because they're annoying and they're talking a lot so but yeah these are fun um i well, the main reason why i like watching it this way anyway is because you still get the story and it's just as good because it ties in i'm actually working on something where i'm putting in a lot of the information from the game uh, into like what would a Ghostbusters 3 actually be like and how you could make it better mm-hmm. and then there's a lot of elements that, that the game has because it really is a continuation of the first two movies um, pretty much directly uh, it ties in a lot of little minor details and world building from the first movie uh, and it correlates it with a lot of the details that came out or in some of the plot points from the second movie. Um, a, a lot of those things didn't really have a lot to do with each other within the movie continuity, but the game finds a way to actually link all these different things together. And so that's why I'm really excited about it. And I was like, yeah, like more people, if they're Ghostbusters fans, should check it out because it really it does a solid job. And it involves all the original cast. You have all four original Ghostbusters. Right. I think you even have Janine and Walter Peck uh, in there as well. Really? Yeah. I think the only one that hasn't really come back at all in any capacity is Rick Moranis. That's he only because he quit retired. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it's. Uh, 
I think more and more people, if they're fans of just a good story, if they like the Ghostbusters even tangentially, um, or if they want to play a game with fun physics and graphics, like Ghostbusters has it all. And I think it was, I don't remember what the release date for that is going to be. See, uh, coming in 2019, so yeah. Sometime this year. I'm guessing it's going to be like around November. A lot of big stuff comes out around then. For Christmas. Um, Yeah, like I think that Hideo Kojima game. Death Stranding. That we know nothing about, and every trailer just causes more questions, (laughs) uh, is coming out also in November this year. Mm. So November's going to be a really busy month for entertainment. Yeah, this is very true. I'm going to start taking some time off now for November. (laughs) So... Uh, are, were you always a big fan of the Candyman movies? I liked them, but they were never really my type of slasher. No? No. Was it too supernatural? or It just came out later, like in the mid-90s. Okay. Most of my horror was cemented in the 80s, like your Child's Plays, your Freddy Krueger, so then- Jason's. It's so it's 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 just, it's in that little window where you just weren't interested because then you liked them afterwards, didn't you? Uh, I mean, yeah, I became interested in a few things later on, but there's something about the aspect of this one just didn't really gel with me. Okay, um, I don't know if it was the the whole you have to say his name three times or whatever. I was like, that's Bloody Mary, come on, <laughs> or La Llorona or whatever. You know, like it's it's. I didn't it, know that La Llorona had to do. You have to say the name too. I think that's one of the things you can do with it. The the, the mythology changes so much. True. It's, it's, it's well, one of those things. We know that Jordan Peele is going to be remaking the movie uh, or re-adapting it or rebooting it, whatever you want to call it these days. Uh, and for the longest time, Tony Todd was not going to be involved. And people, like fans as they are, uh, were getting upset on the internet. Oh, my goodness. So now it looks like Tony Todd will have some type of cameo in the movie as something we know that the i forget the name of the actor the actor who was in sorry to bother you and get out is going to be playing the Candyman character the same guy that was in uh black mirror no uh the in get out he's the 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 guy who gets killed at the very beginning and then and then you later on he's the one that kind of shows the protagonist what is happening but because he gets the flash in his eyes Mm. So that guy. Okay. Um, so yeah, that's a. Uh, he's going. You know, Tony Todd's going to be showing up. Is that, is that make you want to see this movie any more, any less, or just the same? It makes me want to go revisit the original just to kind of get reacquainted with it. Maybe I just wasn't receptive to it at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is a horror franchise that I know some people like. So um, you know, just give it another shot. See what it is about it that I didn't like originally. Um, maybe it was the B thing. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I remember I watched the first one when I was a kid, but um, after that, I never watched any of the sequels. I think there was like three sequels to it, but I'm I not think sure. there was two, yeah. I, think that- I remember seeing, when I worked at Blockbuster, I remember seeing like Candyman 4, Goodbye to the Flesh or something like that. Farewell yeah, to the that, flesh. Sounds, that sounds yeah. like exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> Farewell to the Flesh, was it? I think that's what it's called. Yeah. I mean, I don't think anybody ever rented it. I just think I saw the cover box when I walked walked by. Uh, speaking of bees, is this a good good segue? Mark Webb, bee? It's a stretch. It's but a yeah. stretch? All right. So Disney, uh, in their live-action remakes of all their movies, all their classic movies, is going to remake um, Snow White, and they're gonna, they've, I, they're, they have their eye on uh, Mark Webb, the director of the, was it, 
Well, he made 500 Days of Summer, but he also made the the two Andrew Garfield Amazing Spider-Man movies. Yeah. So, depending on where you fall on that, like 500 Days of Summer is a great movie. The Andrew Garfield movies, Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movies, not so good. He can direct a good script. I'll put it there. <laughs> there you go. Uh, how do, how do you feel about a Snow White live action remake? Um, didn't we have a Snow White movie? Not well, too the, long ago the with... Snow White and the Huntsman is not Disney. Ah, it's and then, I mean, obviously, Snow White is a is that a Hans Christian Andersen story or is that a Brothers Grimm story? I think that's a Brothers Grimm, or it could just be one of those attributed to like folklore at this point. It's like, but it's old. it's obviously uh, public domain. Anybody yeah, yeah. can make a story off of it. So but this would be based off of the Disney version. Exactly, this would be based off their version of it. So I wonder if they'll get Peter Dinklage to be one of the dwarves. <laughs> I mean, it's a possibility. Doc, I would, I would say you wouldn't want to waste him on anybody other than Doc. Maybe Grumpy. He could be bashful. Oh, Grumpy, yeah. (laughs) Grumpy. Uh, I don't think he'd take that role though. Yeah, he wants to stay away from dwarf specific roles. Yeah, I mean, he got to be a giant dwarf in Infinity War. I bet you that's how they sold them on. I'm sure that's how they did. Yeah, you're a dwarf, but you're actually bigger than everyone. Uh, and that was that was pretty good CGI, yeah. To make him was. look bigger than every, or to make him bigger than everybody else. So, I, I don't know. I, I don't care. <laughs> Mark Webb can go and make Snow White for whatever. It's it's. I don't know if I'll be at this movie or not. I probably will, but I probably I don't care. Now I like Disney villains, so I'm curious who they would get to cast. I couldn't care about anyone else, but whoever they get to cast the evil queen, mm-hmm. that would be where I'm kind of focused on trying to think of what the evil queen looks like she's the one with the apple right yes okay so i mean well when she's like she she looks like a haggard old witch too at one point but that is true during the regular and parts she's supposed to be you know technically the most beautiful woman until the the mirror sees snow white yeah until the mirror is like yeah there's someone younger and pretty so we had charlie theron in the snow white and the huntsman movie mm, yeah and yeah. then just the huntsman war or the winter war was that what that was called yeah i don't know what the sequel was called yeah. it was it sounded stupid yeah it was something without snow white anymore well wasn't it well yeah it wasn't snow white it was the huntsman but it also included someone that was like elsa from frozen and wasn't the witch it, yeah wasn't it in hathaway or am i thinking of no i think now you're thinking of maybe the wizard not the no wizard the Box, alice in wonderland alice in wonderland yeah that's right so i i don't know who who would who would you think would be pretty good um there wasn't there there was that mirror mirror had julia roberts in as a. Uh, uh, the evil queen. How about um, how about Gail Gadot? Oh, that would be good, right? Yeah, that'd yeah. be a twist. I could see that mm. having her play the villain. And she's already got a little bit of Disney pedigree with the Last Wreck-It Ralph, so that's true. I didn't think about that. Yeah. So, uh, all right. Uh, I think we have one more story. Let me see if I can get to it. Yes. Uh, so still with Disney. The New Mutants is getting yet another delay. It's going to be moved to, I believe, May of next year. And then it's also getting another set of reshoots. So, I have this theory. If you have... Disney acquires Fox, right? Mm -hmm. Essentially, New Mutants is already shot. It's already paid for. They didn't have to pay extra for this movie. But now they're going to put money into the movie by doing reshoots. So, why would they do that? I say what they're going to do 
is they're going to bring in an Avenger in the, into the reshoots and then connect it to the MCU in a tangential way so that, you know, if, if they don't expose that part in the trailers for the movie, it will be, it will happen during the opening weekend. People will be like, oh my God, that means it's part of the rest of the stuff. And then people will go see it the next weekends, mm-hmm. the following weekend. So if you were going to pick one Avenger, I would pick the one that's uh, a mutant in the comic books. Pick Scarlet Witch. And plus, she kind of has a horror vibe to her in general. So, And that's what they were going for with this movie. What do you think? I fully wholeheartedly back up everything you just said. Okay. Now, as a matter of fact, I would even say that it would make sense to kind of imply at the beginning of the movie, like maybe add uh, some reshoots where they explain that, you know, something happened in the world it's now been five years, but um, essentially, you know, cu- cutting back to, you know, when the snap happened and then it unhappened or whatever, like basically the, 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 there's been three snaps on Earth now uh, at this point. Yep. And they did mention that this released like an incredible amount of gamma radiation. It's like unlike, uh, you know, this much energy has never been witnessed before in the universe, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. They should just tie it in and say, like, oh, ever since that happened now, like, you know, people have been... Popping like, up with powers? Yeah, essentially. Just kind of tie it in with that. Like, this is what started mutants in um, in uh, in the world. And like, that mutants have always been a thing, but this really just suddenly brought it out. Like, now, um, you know, where it used to be pretty minor or, like, you know, somebody was a sideshow carnival freak or whatever. Um, it was a rare, super rare thing. And now it's, like, happening everywhere. And obviously, as uh, the trailer that we did see way back when they were first going to release this movie, it's all about the these young kids or young adults that have superpowers or mutant powers, and they're inside of an insane asylum or some kind of hospital. So uh, you could totally play it off as people who are getting these powers and not knowing, understanding them, just kind of going crazy about the whole thing. So I could I could definitely see this playing off, like the the snap. I mean, I know Kevin Feige said the whole thing of a hey, mutants won't be introduced into the mcu for at least five years because it's not part of the plan but why else would they go and spend money on this movie when it's already you know it's it, it, them spending money on it means that they could lose money yeah but if they invest money into it that means they have an interest in it now true and it seems like they don't do that for dark phoenix they did not well i don't think there was enough time i mm, think it's I think, already too far in the can exactly yeah so uh, I am still excited about that movie, so I hope something happens with it. John, we've come to that point. We need to hear your opinion on the Iron Throne, the la- the end of the G- Game of Thrones series. I thought it was okay. Okay, so let's go to the next segment now. Just joking. <laughs> Just, I mean, I'm I am okay with it too. I thought it was good for what it was mm-hmm. it could it have been better yeah of course could it have been worse oh de- most definitely it I'd- had it had problems for sure yeah um narratively speaking they rushed way too much um in this past season we didn't have enough time to let it breathe in reality and i've heard other people kind of comment on it that it probably needed two more seasons to really get there wow two more seasons so yeah. you would have done a whole season that would just led up to the long night and then a whole season that would have just led up, led up to uh the 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 siege on the red keep yeah the whole long night should have been this whole season no, the whole night should have been the whole season well no not the whole night but i'm saying everything leading up to it and the big battle should have been the ending yes yeah um and then 
you know, the the fallout from, you know, Jamie basically reverting back to his old ways, just basically overnight having a complete change of character was, um, you know, it, it completely undid the arc of redemption that he was going through, you know. Um, he should have been a bit more um, conflicted, I suppose, about what he was going to do. It, and, and really, all the fast travel really bugged me this time around. <laughs> it hasn't bugged you in the last three seasons of the show, but this time around, it's just like... This, this time, uh, I could feel it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like They're just saying, okay, we need to do this now, and so we're heading there, and there we are, you know? <laughs> and we're like, here. Everybody that needed to be at a certain place was always there. I also like that nobody got, you know, uh, hindered with side adventures on their way to uh, King's Landing or right? wherever what they were going. What kind of fantasy adventure is this? <laughs> like, you should run into, like, a fur trapper that offers you 50 gold to get the, an elusive albino fox or something you know it's like, very true i mean that that happens in real life why doesn't it happen here in fantasy i don't get it but um <laughs> truth be told i don't know like i feel like the 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 show is going to end up so far removed from how the actual books will play out because they have already i mean as of i want to say yeah between a storm of swords onward i mean there's just been like all these diverging paths characters that are not even in the show um a lot of characters that are still alive in the books um it, it's just it's gonna play out so different that we're gonna have at least an alternate version that most people will probably be more satisfied with because i think martin is really gonna be a lot more careful about getting to that point ultimately it's probably gonna be a lot of the same major details but I wouldn't be surprised if there's things like how the power structure is rebuilt afterwards. If it's different in the books than it was in the show. Hmm. Because there's just going to be so many differences and so many different characters that might still be around. Um, so who at the end of the show was alive that's not alive in the end of the... Uh, or that's not alive in the books as we know it right now? Can you, can you think of anybody? Um, yeah, there's a few in the books that are still alive, such as uh, Barristan Selmy. Mm-hmm. Um, but what about the other way? Are there people that are alive in the show that aren't alive in the book anymore? Ah, that's a good question. Uh, let's see here. So, out of those people, I want to say no. I think everybody pretty much that's... No, there isn't anybody alive in the show at the end that was still that's dead in the books okay um because i mean they they did a pretty good job of wiping out just about everybody that needed to be written out um do you think do you think i mean because we we heard for the longest time that that uh george r R. martin had told benny offenweiss like how he planned on ending the book do you think that they used that or do you think they went their own way like it might it might not have been like word for word, but like the idea of John killing Daenerys and then Bran getting the Iron Throne. Do you think that's how George R. R. Martin plans on ending the book? I think John probably kills Daenerys, but um, I don't know about the Bran part. I think something different's going to happen with Bran possibly, mm. but I don't know what what's going to fill that power vacuum afterwards. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. I don't know fully. Um, where they could possibly finish it, but 
like I said, I feel like we're going to have a lot of purists are probably going to prefer the books mm -hmm. simply because they're going to just take more time to complete them as opposed to how this just felt super truncated. Oh, you naive summer child. Do you think he's going to complete those books? That's not going to happen. I mean, if he doesn't, then there'll be some really awesome fan fiction out there because <laughs> I already see Facebook and Reddit just inundated with this is what should have happened. This, this is would have been better. And yeah, in some cases, I, I totally see that. I mean, it makes no sense to still have a watch, a Night's Watch. No, none if whatsoever. There's, if there's no longer a threat. They don't, they, the free folk don't threaten them. The free folks are friends now. I the, mean, there's no Night King anymore. There's a giant gaping hole over at Eastwatch by the sea. <laughs> so, I mean, and the, the, the magic and the techniques that was used to build the wall is essentially lost now. Unless Bran can bring it back, because you know he has to, holds the memory of the of the world. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it, it was just ultimately very narratively unsatisfying for a lot of things. I, in the moment, I liked the long night um, as much as I could see it. Mm -hmm. um, but it just felt like we never really understood the motivations of the Night King. This is true, and the symbolism that was present throughout all of his, uh, you know you know executions or whatever was going on these little things he was doing just amounted to nothing so what i want to say to that is i feel like benny often weiss played it they played it safe because instead of like how we had for most the show like you know a very politically driven show with uh symbolism and metaphor and all kinds of stuff they were like you know we've gotten so big now let's just give the majority of the fans or, and I, I put quotes around fans that just want to see a big fight. Like, just give them that. That's all it was. Like, unfortunately. Well, see, and that kind of leads into one of the problems is that, yeah, while trying to satisfy a majority, there's people that cared about the structure and the things that were being set up. Yeah, but you know what? I think that's the major the minority. All the prophecy, <laughs> all of the symbolism, all of these other things that you thought were leading somewhere ended up just being, you know, essentially nothing. And that... Well, being true to life, I mean, that's why we watch this. This is true. Fantasy. This is true. There's, there's supposed to be things that lead to other things, um, you know, certain premonitions. And um, I, I don't envy the tasks that Benioff and Weiss had to try to wrap this up. And there's a conspiracy theory that somebody posted on Facebook that the reason why they rushed it, even though HBO was offering them like truckloads of money to like add another season or so, or make it a full season of ten episodes, even was it and, because of the Star Wars stuff. Yes, I keep hearing that it's like, well, they got offered Star Wars, and the sooner they can get on it, the better. So they're like, okay, well, we got to just wrap this up real quick, just kind of put a nice big bow on it, push that's, it out. That's and then a little we'll too cynical for me. Like, I get it; it it's a possibility that's what was happening, but I feel it's a little too cynical. You know what, though? But knowing the little that I do know of Hollywood, it makes sense to me. Okay. I, I could totally see that being the case. So let me ask you this. Uh, getting into the last episode, what did you think of John's final act of killing Daenerys? Well... Was it right? Was it expected? I mean, when given the chance of having a romantic relationship with your aunt or killing her after mass genocide, I was like, you know what? If you really love her and you love the people, you should just take one for the team and just, you know, do your aunt. <laughs> Why not? You know? I, I, fair enough. I mean, I feel like the, the 
the stigma to that isn't that high in Westeros. It's definitely not as you know frowned upon. I suppose it's, it's better than banging your sister, <laughs> which they they were definitely known to do. Yeah, this this seems like it's you know way more acceptable than that. <laughs> it, it, it could, you know, and I think it's acceptable for cousins in this world to do so. You mean in the world of Westeros? Oh, Westeros in the game yeah. Code, okay. Yeah, and also like in Alabama and stuff. Oh, jeez. <laughs> there goes our fandom in Alabama. Sorry, guys. Maybe if you guys change your laws a little bit here and there. This would be good. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Mm. Fair enough. Um, then, okay, so then fall, the fallout of that. We have uh, Peter Dinklage, Tyrion. Mm-hmm. Tyrion before the new Westeros Council. Is that what you would call him? The the lords, I suppose. The lords, okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, he comes up with the, hey, we need a new system. The system that we have is broken. Yeah, and I love how Sam just... Uh, Fuck Sam. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Sam single-handedly introduces the concept of democracy and gets laughed out immediately. Yeah, so then what do they decide to do instead? Le- electoral college? Basically, yeah. <laughs> I was like, all right, well, the, the top people can pick somebody from amongst us. And um, we'll pick the guy who can't have any children. That way, it can never just be a thing that that's been given to the yeah. next in line. It, it has be to be someone. Inherited, yeah. Does He'll that mean the next person they pick has to also be someone that can't have children? I would imagine that that's going to be the next. Like it'll this will set a new tradition where you have to break someone's back and like make sure that they can't. <laughs> I mean, they could just become a eunuch like Varys was, or. Uh, the Ungrejoy. That's the cost of being the the, the ruler. ruler you have to like lose your drunk, <laughs> uh, or you know something something that happened to uh, whatever happened to uh, Danny, so that she couldn't have kids anymore. And how do you feel about Bran the Broken being the new ruler of Westeros? I don't like it. How do you feel about the North seceding from the rest of Westeros? Is now it's the Six Kingdoms. Oh, that makes sense. Really? I was upset about this. Yeah. I felt like I felt like Sansa's still throwing a tantrum. But that's just me. Yeah. Uh, why do you not like Bran the Broken being... Well, one, should we be calling him Bran the Broken? He, I mean, he is. <laughs> but now he's King Bran the Broken oh. to you. <laughs> uh, why, why don't you like Bran being the, the new ruler? It just doesn't make any sense. I mean, I get that he's got... Oh, he who has a more interesting story than Bran? I mean... Tyrion has an interesting story. Like, well, not not according to the the maester that wrote the book. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, where did they get that in, like idea from? Sam has an interesting story, even though you don't like him. I don't like Sam. He does John not have has an interesting John story. Does have an he st- came back from but the dead. I think that's not. It's not so much that he has an interesting story. I think what Tyrion is trying to say is that he has the he has the interesting story of Westeros since he's the three eyed raven and remembers everything. Like he knows the story all the way back to the beginning. I don't see how that would make him a good ruler though. Because we learn from the past. Past. If we don't learn from the past, we we repeat the the mistakes. It sounds to me more like you need someone who's charismatic and is able to lead people okay. and has diplomatic. And Bran should definitely be in a position where he's like a consigliere or something to the, the ruler. <laughs> definitely should be working closely with the maesters to teach him lost knowledge. That so that would be good document too. Document things that. Have but if he has all time. the experience of all of Westeros in his head, he knows where. You know, he he might understand like, oh, we they've tried this before and this didn't work out, or they tried this before and did work out, so he can better make a decision. I mean, he they made a point at one time at the council as well, saying like, oh, we need a new master of whispers, and I'm like, dude, you know everything. Yeah, 
Like, why would you need that? Why is that even an official position? It's weird. I was like, oh, yeah, this is my head spy, by the way. Like, <laughs> I, I just... Well, you have the, we have the CIA. We have the director of the CIA. He's the head spy, so... I guess. I mean, that should be his new name, the director of American Whispers or something. <laughs> so then that brings us to the next thing, the new uh, council to the king. What, what is it that... Uh, what do you feel about all these positions? We have Tyrion as the new hand. We have... Uh, Davos is the master of ships. Bronn is the master of coin. Which, uh, quick t- uh, a side note to that. So the last time we saw Bronn was when he was training crossbow on both Jaime and Tyrion. Right. Threatening both their lives and saying, like, I'm going to keep you two alive or I'll keep at least one of you alive until I get Highgarden. Right. Because that's going to be the price of me not killing you. Right. Because he said that if, if anybody ever pays you to kill me, I will double it. So what's double of a... Uh, River in, River's End? Uh, River Run. River Run. It's High Garden. Yeah. Which later we find out, oh, like, wait, River Run's still occupied because Edmure Tully's still alive. <laughs> yeah, but we don't really care about yeah, him. Yeah, they could have just ousted <laughs> him from there. That wouldn't have been a problem. Uh, but yeah, so, like, we skipped a lot, narratively speaking, in that last episode. Like, those last 15 minutes were just like, whoa, whoa, wait, what? How did we get here? Like, how are these guys on good terms again? How does Tyrion really feel knowing that his one of his closest friends is really just open to the highest bidder? This is true. But how how is there going to be any higher bidder than him now? Like to him as the Lord of High Garden, the person that makes the that gives the food to the rest of Westeros, no one's going to be able to pay him. Well, maybe uh, the Iron Bank could offer him. Oh, I didn't think about that. Port or <laughs> That's true. You I'm could be like, saying, always... here's all of Westeros if you kill the yeah. king for me. <laughs> Minus the uh, the north, because you know they seceded. That's true, but um, yeah, I just I don't know. There, it just felt the biggest problem I had is just it, it didn't have room to breathe, and a lot of these character arcs really just kind of flatlined at the end, um, and it just felt like they just needed to rush. I mean, there was no reason why, after all the ships were destroyed. Euron Greyjoy still made it to the shore and happened to have one last that, fight with Jamie. Yeah, I, I, I've said that before. That 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 fight between Jamie and, and Euron is, is pointless. It's yeah. completely pointless. Uh, Jamie could have still died underneath the rubble. It yeah. had nothing to do with anything other than he needed to say, hey, I fucked the queen. Like, yeah, and, that's and, dumb. And killed the, another king or whatever. Yeah, I killed said. the Kingslayer. But he didn't. No. The rubble kills the Kingslayer. Yeah. That was uh, a lot of bricks that killed him. <laughs> what do you call... Uh, so, and then Brienne is the new uh, commander of the Kingsguard. Yep. Um, was there one more? No. Pod- that, who? Well, Pod- Podrick's just a knight. Well, he's also one of the Kingsguard. Yeah, he's a Kingsguard, but he's not... He's not. Uh, he's, he's, prob- he's the one that pushes Brienne around, but <laughs> he doesn't have a official title. Not like Master of Coin or anything. He could be the the uh, the king's third leg or something. <laughs> so we have. Uh, he's, they said there was three positions still left to be filled: the master of whispers, uh, lord commander of the watch, and what was the third one? Do you remember? I can't remember the third one. It had to be it has to be their their army, right? Master of uh, what do they call it? It was the same position that they offered to Grey uh, Grey Worm, wasn't it? Probably. Oh, we forgot. Sam is the new. Maester. Oh yeah, he's the the Grand Maester. Grand Maester, yeah. There at the, which he only had like three links on his chain. I was like, he's still got a ways to go. <laughs> Anyways, um, do like why not just give John? I mean, is it, is it part of his punishment not to be the Lord Commander of the the Night's Watch? 
I don't think so because um, the last well, one of the last people that was the commander of the Night's Watch um, almost became the Lord Commander um, until John basically had him executed for challenging him. Oh, that's true. That was that one guy. Can't remember his name off the top of my head now. Um, but yeah, I don't think that would prevent him from it. I'm I'm just really dubious as to how they have anybody even left manning castle black like it seemed like there was two black cloaks ready to go and take him but i was like who were these guys (laughs) how did they survive any of what just happened like i just maybe it's more of the lannister soldiers that they're like oh we we want we don't want to serve underneath brian the broken or whatever i guess or maybe there was just a bunch of people that stayed at castle black they never left and it could definitely be because the the night king circumvented them then they're they were actually fine all along but as we talked about early before in the show is like if the night king is gone there is no night's watch anymore their 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 watch is over no it's a ceremonial position now can you take can they take titles in 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 women and wives now have families well not if you're lowborn you still have to earn the favor somehow true uh, oh, I'm just saying, there's a lot of people died. There's a lot of titles out there that might still be open. Besides, it only says you're not supposed to take any wives or father or any children. It doesn't say anything about not getting busy. No, fair enough. <laughs> um, uh, okay, so uh, was there anything else that you wanted to say about the, the episode? Um, ultimately, it's not going to diminish my enjoyment of the series as a whole. Um, I probably just won't look kindly on rewatches to this last part, or I'll just fast forward to the parts that I did like, and then just <laughs> skip it and just pretend that it, it just kind of disappeared. It, there was a lot, and also for something that was rushing really quickly to a finality, I feel like it also left way too many open ends as well. I mean, you have Arya going uh, sailing west of Westeros. To find um, out what's west of Westeros. Yes, what's west of Westeros? Um, I mean, if this is a globe, it should be Essos again. <laughs> but apparently, whatever's west of Westeros is kind of a mystery. It's going to be Westworld. I've heard that theory. <laughs> I've heard that uh, Bran being the Three-Eyed Raven is really him just hacking into like the code or the mainframe. <laughs> no, it's he's the he's the um, the visitor, the person that paid for the vacation. Ah, <laughs> so he paid a lot of money to become a cripple. <laughs> I mean, that was an accident, and then he just got, he's like, well, fuck it, I'm just going to stay here. Actually, that would be cool if this was kind of like a Matrix situation, Mm -hmm. where you get jacked in, and that accident caused him to get stuck inside the simulation. But he's now, because he's been in it so long, and uh, all the attempts to try to extract him, they just made him, like, have more access to, like, (laughs) basically, he's got, like, admin rights now in the world. (laughs) Um Spinoff shows, uh, they've said they definitely said that um, the Arya is not getting a spinoff show, which I think is a is now that a just seems thing. like a wasted opportunity. Yeah, that seems like a great show for her to have. Like, let's see all of her skills as an assassin that she learned, all their like super sneaking skills and face changing. <laughs> um, there's not going to be, or we do know that the the thousand year prior or whatever what's that called the 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 one the show they the show they're actually going to make. Oh, it's gonna be the the age of the age of heroes, heroes? Yeah, the long night. Yeah, the long. Well, isn't that what we just called the, the long night? Was the episode? Well, there was a reference to that. Oh, okay. It was originally the long night the first time around. About when was it? Ten thousand years prior, eight thousand, mm. something like that. Okay, so that's gonna be one of the shows. Um, 
that's that's the one that's supposed to have Naomi Watts in it. Uh, I don't know. Is there anything else that was left open at the end of this that was supposed that you feel like could be a good show? Is does the Sansa Queen of the North show speak to you at all? Not in the least. But I'm curious as to what happened with uh, Daenerys and Drogon. That's true. That I mean, that's could be a thing. There was something very strange going on there where Drogon somehow knew. I was like, I need to destroy this symbol of power because it's corrupted too many of my, like, former masters or whatever. And he just decided to torch the Iron Throne. Well, someone was saying that what if they had, like, a psychic link, like, between Daenerys and Drogon, right? So when her last thoughts are like, I'm getting the throne, like, no one else gets the throne. So her last thought as she dies is no one else gets the throne. He comes in, burns down the throne because no one else gets the throne. My favorite fan theory is that Drogon saw the knife in her and then saw a chair made of knives. <laughs> so he's like, fuck knives. Yeah. It's like, you did this. <laughs> uh, okay. Any ideas of, of what a spinoff show would be for you? With Drogon? No. Other than that? You just, <laughs> just want to see general. Drogon? Okay. Um, no. I mean, I, it would be cool to watch um, just the prequel show showing like the children of the forest the war with the first man and all that um kind of a really missed opportunity and it made me kind of sad a little bit um and we'll talk about it more with the actual documentary or whatever this was that we watched yeah but the guy that played the night king really liked playing the night he did he put a lot of thought into the character which is essentially thankless because none of that was really on screen none he was just a menacing presence yeah he was a really skilled and thoughtful person so that was yeah it's very true and yet you really just kind of see him the most action he ever does is just lift his arms up (laughs) to raise the army of the dead that's right it's it's it was such a wasted opportunity he had to throw a javelin at one point kind of yeah that's true (laughs) He, he does have some good like lancing skills but just hearing him talk about it i'm like wow like if they do like they do in the books they'll have point of view chapters mm-hmm. um and that's how the book is told by different characters points of views if they do that with the night king that would be amazing if we actually understand what's going on in his mind because there's also the idea that the night king isn't even really a conscious person anymore he's just a force of nature Mm -hmm. that was essentially programmed to just wipe out you know the enemies of the children of the forest um and then it got out of control but uh as they usually do yeah (laughs) weapons always turn on their masters um so i would like something like that like he's he's westeros version of the terminator exactly the t-800 yeah you just set it loose (laughs) and you can't stop it anymore but um, yeah, basically just something that gives us more satisfying, like, and, and keep in mind, in the books, we haven't been introduced to the Night King at all yet. Really? We've only had like one, two, two encounters with the, with the White Walkers, really. And they've mostly just been spoken of in hushed tones and uh, with fear and reverence. And in this case, like the show, I feel like they're like, well, let's just put them out there because they're going to be like our big baddies and then they kind of weren't because then the real baddie all along was the main character hero female you know person that we've been following since episode one on this incredible journey of you know 
going from basically being property to being her own woman to being the mother of dragons to being the breaker of chains to oh nope she's just like her father and just mad queen uh so yeah it was one time in that that documentary where the the actor who plays the night king is like meeting the the people out and out in the thing and he's like hey what do you think of me and the one dude's like i want you to win and i was like whoa god that that's kind of dark I mean, but it was awesome because, like, he got a real dose of fandom that he was clearly not prepared for. Yes. And, but he loved it. Yeah. And the, so did the fans. And, I mean, he has no lines. All he does is the hand lifting thing. <laughs> and he does it for them and they go wild. Yeah, they do go like, wild. That's awesome. Um, we don't really get to see a lot of the actors. I thought we were going to see a lot more of the actors and how they interact and stuff with each other. But we see the read through for like the the six scripts for the season. Mm-hmm. We see the one like a, a, a scene when it's uh, Daenerys, Jorah, and Sam acting out. Basically, the part, the part where Daenerys has to tell Sam that she killed her his father and brother. Um, but other than that, it's it's following around a lot of the people behind the scenes. We we saw a lot of David Nutter and his assistant. We saw a lot of uh, the guy who has to produce the fake snow. Yeah. <laughs> that was interesting. I like how they I, focused on these like smaller but very important Very people important, yeah. Who you wouldn't even think about on a normal sense. And I like how they kept the actors always kind of in a distance. Like, yeah. Like, if we were there, that would probably be how we would see them, if at all. Is they're just kind of somewhere in the background. If you're lucky, they might come by near you and talk to someone, right. but wouldn't actually make eye contact with you or anything. <laughs> uh, I mean, there's Amelia Clark talking to the the hair and makeup people. Like, she's like, "Are you happy? Are you kind of like happy that you're not gonna have to do this anymore? Like, this isn't a thing that you're gonna have to do every week." And she, like, to me, it felt weird. Like, it's a weird conversation to have with the hair and makeup person because the hair and makeup person's like they're they're working hourly. They they're getting paid. Yeah, paycheck to paycheck whereas you know Amelia Clark as the the lead of this show is kind of set you know what I mean yeah so like her and next she has more work after this like you don't know when her next the hairdresser's next like contract will be this is true I mean I'm sure she has a lot lined up after being the hair and makeup person for Game of Thrones but it's not a guarantee not like being Amelia Clark well then again Amelia Clark tried three different movies and I don't think three the three different movies did well for her so uh, let's see if she has. What else has she been in besides Terminator Genesis? Terminator Genesis, uh, Solo. Uh, oh, that's right. And then she had that one movie where she was the caretaker for the dude in the wheelchair, and the two of them fall in love. I forget what that's called. Oh, I don't even know about that one. Yeah, it's like an English movie, and yeah, something. It came out not too long after that. Uh, the Theory of Everything. So I think ah. that's why it gets conf- like it got lost <laughs> in the shuffle. Reacher so shows that you can only have one like wheelchair romantic exactly. Movie at a time. <laughs> um, so it, I I just thought it was interesting because we saw the the lady the the married couple that that do the prosthetics and then we saw the uh the, yeah like I said the fake snow person like I thought that was that was pretty cool because he has like he's like security he, guard the security lot. guard yeah. that was like I can't tell you that Game of Thrones is shooting here or not but hey if you guys can give me a, a role on Game of Thrones that'd be awesome oh and then there's the the dude that played a Stark man from oh, yeah. season one all the way to the end like he actually gets some good screen time in the last season too which that is kind of awesome yeah that guy is a hero on Reddit really like people love that guy yeah why. Yeah. Um, just because of the fact that he's been in like the so show many, so, long. so many episodes, yeah, it's just like this nameless, thankless, um, 
they call him like a power power uh, extra or something a like power that. extra um, he actually has an unofficial name in the show now really um, yeah it's like uh, like Aberdale Strongbeard or something like yes, that. Yes, he did say that in the documentary. And, that was uh, pretty incredible. Yeah, but uh, yeah, he's he's just been in so many uh, episodes as a, just a background, but he's so dis- like, distinct looking. And you can tell he genuinely loves being a part of it too. And that's the one thing that like I learned kind of late in my development that um, a lot of the people that are involved in productions don't normally care about the production they're working on, especially mm-hmm. if it's not a known thing. Um which is one of the reasons why I feel like a lot of Hollywood banks a lot on IP now as a way of keeping production costs low because you have so many bidding on to work on those named franchises that there'll be a lot more competition to you know do it for cheaper just so they can have the, the name brand recognition that they worked on it. Which is why, interestingly enough, I found out uh, thanks to movies like Life of Pi, uh, the special effects team, the, the CGI group that did that movie, uh, won an Oscar and then went bankrupt. Yeah, because they they couldn't afford to keep working because of all the constraints that they were under right. for that movie. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they did incredible work. Obviously, uh, obviously. So yeah, I learned that you know, like a lot of times, production people don't really care. To them, it's just a paycheck. Um, but then you'll have the few rare people that just genuinely love what they do and what they're doing it on. And that guy, that extra, was one of them. He was just like, "I'm just happy to be here." Like, I'm sure he'd do it for free if he could, if that was an option. If, if he had to, yeah. And um, what did you, you think about him giving his jacket to Kit Harrington? Like, I thought it was it was kind of a nice gesture, but like, as a as an extra, he's not getting much. No, and he really should away, be the other way around. It really should be the other way around. Yeah, yeah. Harrington should be giving away like his Starbucks or something. To yeah, other any, I mean, any of the free things he probably gets, he even says that Ken Harrington's like, Hey, we get free, we get wrap jackets too, but yours is so much cooler. It's like, well, yeah. Cause it was like a, like team Winterfell or something like that. Or dragon a, unit. And yeah. 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 That's right. Cause they had a dragon unit and a wolf unit. Right. And all yeah. that other stuff. Yeah. And then he, I liked how he was berating this dude that had a Bolton jacket. Yeah, that's right. Hey, Bolton, what you doing here? Kind of thing. And like he was kind of joking, but kind of not. But kind of not. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I also liked the. Uh, there was the one part that really blew my fucking mind, dude. So the part where they right before the cast goes in to read the scripts, like they're all kind of just standing outside this building, and uh, like Tormund is standing there. Or, I'm sorry, the actor that plays Tormund. And then the actor who plays Bran walks up to him, and he's towering over him. I don't know if Tormund was just like like a lower a level lower or not, but like that actor is super tall. So all that sitting down just gave him a growth spurt. <laughs> I guess <laughs> we got a bit hiding that. Well, I mean, we do know that now that like the way that he does the whole mystic stares because he just he's blind because he doesn't get to have his glasses. So ah. it, 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 it it it's 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 a it's a good illusion. Yeah, he's just really trying to focus and just <laughs> looking at nothing. Exactly. You uh, know, I did love that moment, too, when they're doing the cast read. And after they get to Varys' death scene, the actor just tosses his script in disgust. I don't... See, I didn't get it that way. I felt it was more like, I'm done. Like, he's flipping it over and he's done. Like He looked really unhappy, though. His felt expression that? to me was like, like really? Like, ugh. That's interesting. Uh, what did you think about when, you know, obviously the big one that they showed in the trailer is Kit Harrington reacting to the fact that 
uh, Jon Snow is the one that kills Daenerys, and then you see Daenerys's that reaction to that to Kit Harrington's reaction. I want to say that she did some of the best eyebrow work of her career in that scene. <laughs> it was pretty like good. those were so expressive. <laughs> it really was. <laughs> it was just the world of emotion on her face. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was really like kind of rough, I guess, for him because you could tell that he also. Um, this wasn't in the documentary, but. Kind of after the fact, it's come out recently that Ken Harrington was dealing, I guess, uh, not very well with the end of the series or maybe unrelated to that. Right. But he was checking himself in for rehab for like maybe Uh, some slight substance abuse. I think it was just alcohol. It was alcohol and exhaustion. Yeah. So like, but it might have been substance abuse. I'm not sure. Yeah. Well, yeah, not like hard drugs or something, but yeah, probably alcohol. And I think it really took a toll on him. Yeah. I think he really. Um, it's one of those people, like I said. Well, he's also tried to do movies now at this point, too. And I don't think that it's quite worked out for him yet. He did the... Pompeii, I think, was one of them. Was it? Yeah, Pompeii. And then there was the Seventh Son. The one with um, the dude. Lebowski. Lebowski. And uh, then um, Silent Hill, the second part. Oh, I didn't know he did that. Yeah, whatever. He did have that funny movie where it was him and Andy Samberg playing tennis people. It's called Seven Days in Hell. It was like an HBO, like like short because it's like 70 minutes but it was it was funny i don't even remember that yeah, one. You, i'll show it to you that one hasn't come across me uh and then he also has that guy fox um gunpowder it's a uh, yeah. mini series that was on hbo where he plays i don't know if he plays guy fox or not but he, he's he's the protagonist of the movie of this mini series it's like three episodes um yeah he, it's unfortunate that it, it's kind of like taking its toll on him but I, i'm sure he'll get better and We'll, we can't wait to see what it is that he does next when he plays Wolverine, like I say. <laughs> I say him more like a puck. Mm. I mean, he think he's even shorter? <laughs> like, Wolverine is supposed to be short. True. I don't know. He just doesn't have that ferocity. He's too soft-spoken. I, I, let him be an actor. That's true. <laughs> I mean, they could always fix it in post, I guess. <laughs> Overdub him. All right. Was there anything else about this uh, documentary you want to say? I it, it, to me, it was a good watch. It was interesting. I just wish there was more of a point at the end. Like, there was, there was something we should have got from it. I really would have liked if they went into... Because D.B. Weiss uh, and Benioff were in it very little. I, I, but I see, I don't feel like that was the, the, the point. Uh, uh, well, then again, I don't think that was the point of the book, uh, the documentary. They didn't want to show the two of them. They, they're just... They're, I mean, they're the writers and the executive producers. At this point, their job is done. Well, that was my main point, is that I would have liked to have seen them focus on, like, we saw the production troubles that they had to go through in some parts, like weather affecting things, uh, trying to stay under budget. Um, the, the snow guy kept talking about how he takes his job so seriously you know he wants to make sure he has the the fake snow precisely where it needs to be and measured and you know like if they change a shot that can ruin everything because you'll see like tracks yeah 10 feet away from where they're they're shooting it'll just be like completely different environment so that kind of stuff was interesting i would have also liked to have seen them talk about yeah so like you know the show has to come to an end. The books are still not finished. So we're working based off of, you know, just talk about the story process, like how they came to these decisions, how much of this was actually influenced by Martin. What did Martin give them their blessing on to change or to have like, you know, like you can branch off this way and this way, but try to keep this. I mean, I get maybe they didn't want to go into that route because they didn't want to inadvertently give away anything about the books that are still pending. 
Um, so maybe they played it safe that way. But I would have liked to learn more about the creative process of the writing um, and how they came to the to to basically conclude it in this way. If there were things that they felt could have been included but weren't for one reason or another, um, you know, we don't hear anything about any deleted scenes or anything like that, which I'm sure there must have been in the earlier drafts. So just things like that, like little little details here and there um, about the creative process, not just the production, mm-hmm. um, which I love the production. Like two of my favorite DVD extras have been for like um, Terminator 2, Robocop, and also for Lord of the Rings, who has a very, very robust uh, production um, journal, essentially. That guides you step by step from like the very early stages of writing the scripts for those movies, to hiring the actors, screen testing, location scouting, prop building. I mean, they're like those could be film schools in and of themselves, with just how thorough they are. And I would have liked to have seen something like that for here, uh, for you know the the writing part of it as well, just to see um, how the story took shape, how they had to close out all these different things. Um, and if they had any changes that they would have liked to have made or anything like that. But as it is, it was an entertaining watch, but I did have to break it up in two chunks because it two, hours two hours to yeah. sit through was kind of long. It was. It was kind of long. Uh, yeah. Th- I mean, I'm sure there's going to be more to come out about the, the production of the show in the last season Probably and stuff like that. the Blu-ray or something. Yeah, and the Blu-ray set and stuff like that. So, uh, All right. We're done. We're done with our watch. We're done with the Game the Game of Thrones at this point. Um, it's been real, folks. Peace out. <laughs> next week, I think we're going to be coming back with Stranger Things. Oh, yeah. We had the first episode of the third season. Am I right? Yes. Okay, third season. So uh, if you want to get a hold of me to talk about the last of the Game of Thrones, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Mitchipedia, G-E-M, G-E-M stands for Geek Elite Media. John is also on Twitter as... I am at Magic Bollocks. The rest of Geek Elite Media is at Geek Elite Media on Twitter, at Geek Elite Media on Instagram, and Facebook.com forward slash Geek Elite Media is our Facebook page. Check out our website, geekelitemedia.com, for archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on the Geek Elite Media Network. But until next time, this is the Geeks Watch on the Geeks Elite, Geek Elite Media Network saying, always remember to geek out. Geek out. This concludes our broadcast.